Thanks for downloading this podcast. podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by searching iTunes for Radio Le Mans or visiting RadioLeMans.com. Hello everybody and welcome along to a real world road test from the Radio Show Limited Network of Channels. I'm John Heindorf. Now, first of all, we've had a few questions about what is a real world road test and how did it come into being. Well, simply put, I suppose you could just call it a car test. But what we didn't want to do here on the Radio Show Limited Network of Channels was just whiz out for 20 minutes in a car, run round the car in five minutes and then read down the spec sheet. Plenty of other people do that, and, well, we've got the time, haven't we, to tell you a little bit more about the car and its history, where it's come from, what it's meant to do, and, of course, crucially, and this is why we call it a real-world road test, what it's like to live with. The manufacturers who loan us the cars, well, we're normally going to motorsport events or there's some kind of motorsport connection to it, and that's certainly the case for this real-world road test, because in front of me is the car on which Mazda returned to touring car racing. Well, at least on, on which it's based. Uh, this is the brand new for 2019 Mazda 3, supplied by Mazda UK with a Skyactiv G four-cylinder petrol engine. And the model is the Sport Lux. And resplendent it looks in a... Darkish steel grey with uh, darker alloys on it. So that is the car that we'll be looking at today in this real world road test. Real world road test. So, undoubtedly, a motorsport connection here with the Mazda 3 and this 2019 car forming the basis of the TCR car that we'll see in Michelin Pilot Challenge in. Uh, 2020 and beyond and also homologated of course for TCR uh, around the world and this is the hatchback version five doors very sleek design but before we get into this car let's give you a little bit of the background on the Mazda 3 if you go back to the early 2000s there was no Mazda 3 it was the Mazda 323 in most parts of the world or a familiar in uh, some places in 2000 and Four, the first uh, generation uh, found its way into the hands of the first customers from Mazda. And since then, it's been a very important car for Mazda Motor Company in this C segment, B segment, certainly that sort of medium size hatchback or saloon sedan size of car. It's up against things like the VW Golf, the Ford Focus uh, and the Audi A3. A lot of those cars are sold uh, around the world. For this fourth generation, or the BP in Mazda speak, uh, the car has been refined. Uh, It's very much recognisable and an evolution from the third generation, but uh, Yasutake Toshida, the designer, has made the car longer, lower and wider than the version that it replaces. So let's talk a little bit about the styling to start with. You've, I'm sure, heard about the Cordor styling that uh, Mazda have 
had as their styling culture for such a long time, and that is the idea of movement, uh, whether the car is standing still or actually travelling. And this car has a, a design that flows front to back, side to side, and top to bottom. It's, it is a very, very impressive-looking car that I think manages somehow to bridge the gap between something that looks aggressive but not overly aggressive and boy racery. It doesn't have uh, a lot of accoutrements and flashy pieces on around that that the front end or the back end but there's an aggressive and purposeful look that's probably a, a better word but there's an element of design here that immediately draws your eye to different parts of the car and if we start around the, the front of it the the face of the car is very important isn't it it sort of sets the tone well in common with a lot of cars nowadays the front headlights go back into the front wing and cut into it there with a sort of an arrowhead design and that's followed through down the side of the car and even all the way to the last back window uh, in the second set of doors there. The grille, now this car being the Sport looks has got the gloss black pack on the outside with a crisscross grille, the big Mazda badge in the middle registration number in the middle of that grille as well actually doesn't spoil the front end as much as sometimes UK number plates do and I'm just backing away from the car to sort of take it in we've talked about this before in real world road tests about how difficult it is for designers to build in something uh, of an individual trait in their work because of wind tunnels pedestrian safety etc this Mazda has got a real nose to it. Uh, it's been raining overnight here in central England and the car, beautifully polished of course when it was delivered, has beaded up all of the rain and it's just fallen gently off the bonnet. And just like Flo-Vis paint in Formula One, what I, I can see now much more is the curve of that bonnet as it comes down from underneath the front windscreen down towards that Mazda badge and, and how the rain has fallen off the bonnet itself, big drop just fallen off there now and it's spread to either side and down the middle in a fan like it's, it's a lovely piece of design and a very complex set of curves on a bonnet that isn't a clamshell bonnet nowadays which is quite unusual and what Mazda have done here and, and this is I think very clever You've got quite a high front wing, so the windscreen itself is tilted back at a really, really steep rake for a hatchback or a saloon car. So the top of the front wing is quite high, and that continues into a, into a design line, a swage line as I call them, uh, onto the bonnet, and therefore the majority of the bonnet under the windscreen is high, but then it drops away and curves towards the snout, towards the radiator intake on the front of the car and pulls in on a nice, gentle curve, which then gives you the room to define the headlight space underneath that and pull that down even further. The effect is 
both to physically but also much more visually bring that front end down and to have almost like a bit of a chiselled nose as the front end comes down into a very bluff front end with a little bit of a splitter underneath the number plate. I think it's beautiful. I think it's clever. It clearly conforms with all of the safety regulations and you've still got an engine under there somewhere but what it does particularly from front three quarter and front straight on is just accentuates that almost smiley Mazda grille that you have with the uh, six sides uh, five sides actually because the top is, is one straight bit isn't it so an upturned pentagon but squashed down love it it's absolutely brilliant um Super good headlights behind their protective glass there. As we come down the side, the driver's side of the car, uh, this car has got the alloys in dark grey, which really set this car off with 18-inch uh, rims and 45 series, 215 by 45 tyres. Door mirrors, sculpted, aerodynamically, absolutely, of course they are front door so this is a keyless open opens almost to the full 90 degrees not quite 85 maybe degrees and for what is effectively a four-door car five door with a hatchback that's a good door opening we'll talk about the inside in a moment second door rear door on the pass on the driver's side again opens that's about 89 degrees and because of the extra inch now in the length of the car, most of which has gone into the wheelbase, there is no intrusion from the rear wheel arch, and you know that's a, a real point for me. The back of the car, then easy to drop your bottom onto the back seat, and then, if you need to, swivel yourself round and sit in. And I seem to have set off the interior alarm as I got into the car so let's for a moment just uh, ignore the little beeping. Uh, the back seat quite uh, tilted quite a way back uh, is a comfortable place to be. The roof line now I'm a tad under six feet I'm sitting behind the driver's seat set for myself on a very pleasant cloth dark cloth interior with uh, uh, stitching highlights on this Sport Lux version of the 2019 Mazda uh, 3. I've got room, uh, not a lot of room, uh, between my knees and the seat set for me. And I, I don't drive with the seat all the way back. I would suggest that if someone over six foot, or maybe a little bit taller than me, or who likes the seat further back uh, f to drive in, uh, you, I possibly wouldn't be quite as comfortable as I am. What's really interesting, I expected it to feel a lot more claustrophobic in the back here because of the way the hatchback has a curving roof line and quite narrow rear windows finishing off in that little arrowhead that I was talking about. But actually, the although the waistline of the car is quite high, and in fact, if I look across to where my right shoulder is here in the back, and follow the line of the door, it's at shoulder level by the time it kicks up into that arrowhead window. Oh, and there's the alarm going off again. So let's see if we can stop that. There we go. And 
so it's not as claustrophobic as I expected at all. In fact, it's not claustrophobic at all because the window is right where you want it to be, where your head is, so you can look out. Um, the interior in the back is uh, fairly basic. Uh, there's uh, no air in the back here and there's nothing to play with in the centre console. But there's electric windows and everything that you touch here is very pleasant indeed. Now that's in the back, but when I look forward to the front, this is very, very impressive indeed. And we'll talk about that a little more in a moment. But first, I want to take you round the back of the Mazda 3. So let's open that up. Try not to set the alarm off again to annoy the neighbours. Got the keys in my hand now, just in case. So that roof line then, and particularly the window line, another clever piece of styling here from Mazda, because the roof line, I thought, would be low in that back seat. But actually, when you look outside and you take in the detail, it's the window line that goes down in the sharper arc. The roof line itself continues, and the roof rail, if you like, if you come up from the air pillar between the windscreen and the front door, that roof rail actually gets wider as it spreads out towards the back in a huge gloss black spoiler uh, in terms of length. But it's, it's discreet in terms of size, but it starts a long way into the roof and then goes over the back window. It works really well. Barely had to use the uh, rear wash wipe in quite damp weather here uh, in the UK. But the fact that that window line comes down, but the roof rail and the roof line itself stays up, it's a, it's a visual trick. You think the car is much lower than it is, and then you see the, the space is, is kept on the inside. Now, what that does do, and this has been commented on by a number of people, with the cutout of the rear door that goes backwards beyond that arrowhead window and cuts into the rear three-quarter panel, there's quite a lot of metal in that rear three-quarter panel. A few people have said that that's given them problems with uh, vision in that rear three-quarter. Uh, this car has got reversing cameras and a very bright and impressive uh, set of instruments, and particularly the reversing camera it is as well. Um, I've got to say, I like the whole styling. I didn't find the rear three-quarter view compromised uh, as much as some people have been talking about. And besides which, once you've had the car for a few days... You live with it. That's why you've got side mirrors. Uh, the side mirrors, by the way, uh, are very good indeed, electrically operated. And, and what that rear three-quarter does, along with that window in the back door, is it elongates the car in terms of how it looks and it also makes this rear three-quarter look quite chunky and I like that when when you look in the rear view mirror in the uh, door mirror and you look down the side of the car if you just pull the door mirror in a little bit you've got a little flare on the rear arches to where those nice dark rear rims sit and you can even see a little bit of the rear light cluster that is cut into that uh, wing area rear wing area and pushes out it's quite a small rear window that is true uh, and this has got the privacy glass on it uh, as well. Uh, but the hatchback underneath the Mazda sign, there's a little button there. Uh, it's manual. It lifts off quite nicely. Reasonable size boot. Not the biggest, but by no means the smallest. There is 
however a little bit of a pesky lip to get over with what you do get with the style of this car is the rear bumper line is quite high and there's a good four or five inch drop into the boot the boot itself though more than big enough i had four alloy wheels in there without having to drop the rear seats or eventually take out the rear parcel shelf as well which opens up with the hatchback on a couple of cords so it's i think it's more than adequate plenty of room for cases in there and it's a nice regular size which you know you tend to put cases in a boot and shopping don't you and they tend to be squares or oblongs underneath that high bumper line if you will the cut out for the number plate the gloss black is finished on the back as well uh, as the front twin exhaust pipes poking out from the back just a little word about the design of the rear lights with uh, four spot led clusters uh, which are visible through the clear part of the double rear lights on either side I think it looks absolutely fantastic. Right, let's uh, get into the driver's seat and give you a little note in there. Through that front door. Now, the first thing to mention about this Mazda 3 is that everything falls to hand pretty much perfectly. What I'll do is I'll just uh, fire up the instruments, which probably means I'll have to turn the uh, audio off, which I have. Um... Before we go into a lot of detail about this, there's been a, a bit of a, a change for Mazda in that the major screen, sighted as it is in the middle of the top of the dashboard, is out of reach. And that's deliberate because it isn't a touchscreen. The designers at Mazda have come to the conclusion, and I actually think this is pretty sensible, that if you've got a touchscreen to control everything in the car it's actually quite distracting because you have to look away, look where you're pointing, do what you're doing. It's far better to have a um, control knob, uh, this sort of command area down in the middle of the central console behind the gear lever, and this is a six-speed manual, by the way. Um, it's a rotary command centre with four buttons uh, around it and you can do everything from there if you want to but things like the climate control hazard flashes rear wash wipe heated seats by the way still got a, a slot for a, a cd as well in here well done master for that everything that you touch on there and this has got deep piano black inside uh, with a, a nice little bit of uh, chrome on there that brightens the interior up Everything that you touch feels fantastic. The uh, knurled aluminium around the climate control knobs is fantastic and it has a real good click when you move it around. The fan switch, when you click that up or down, great. And I actually like this control system that Mazda ha have uh, moved into in the fourth generation, the BP generation of the Mazda 3. And I'm, you know me, I'm completely OCD for the interior cars, so anything that means I don't have to keep wiping down surfaces, lovely to have big screens, but ultimately, about every day, or for me, every half an hour to 40 minutes, I feel the need to wipe 
off the screen because I can say dirty fingerprints and greasy fingerprints on them. Uh, in front of... So, well done, Master. It works really well. It's pretty intuitive. Dare I say it, it's quite Germanic. It reminds me a bit of an Audi or BMW or a or a Mercedes, and I'm sure it's taken inspiration from all three of those. In front of me, uh, a more traditional layout with two smaller and a big uh, central dial. The central dial, however, isn't a, an analog dial. It is actually a screen, and you can configure that the way you want it, but it's mainly got the... Um, speedometer in there along with a bit of information around it uh, rev counter to the left uh, water temperature fuel gauge to the right nice instrument binnacle uh, lovely uh, again almost uh, mirroring the design of the front of the car a lovely design of the dashboard itself in several uh, areas uh, and it comes down to a point to face the driver and by the way the screen is canted towards the driver the big central screen on top of the dash uh, this one has got the head-up display as well um just a quick mention though the dash itself with the double stitching um feels fantastic it's got a soft feel to it as has where i put my arm when i'm leaning my arm on the armrest here on the right hand side of course for the uk car uh, as has the center console which opens two ways uh with usb and 12 volt ports and plenty of room to put your phone etc lots of good cubby holes in this car as well and the feeling i'm ge i'm getting from sitting in this master 3 twofold one it feels like a bigger car when i'm sitting in the driver's seat than it actually is remember this is a family hatchback it feels bigger and it feels premium it it easily could be one of the german rivals for this car that's how good it is. And I can give the Mazda no bigger compliment than that because you know how the German manufacturers have pretty much taken over interior styling uh, in, in general and in quality in particular. Everything just feels right. In front of me, a three-spoke Mazda steering wheel, which is thankfully bereft of too many buttons there are a number of buttons on there and you can control everything but it's all in two areas it's uh, thumb click buttons I, I really like it there's a little bit of color on there as well a little bit of brush metal on there as well and you put your hands on that and i'm immediately transported back to the 30th anniversary mx5 i drove relatively recently two stalks for lights and washers and indicators automatic lights really well equipped for this segment of car now let's talk about the driving i'm not going to take this car out on the road now but i can tell you that it's every bit a mazda the steering at low speeds quite light for maneuvering loads up really quickly uh, i like the feel of the car on the road the chassis of this 2019 mazda 3 wants to go where you point it the engine, the Skyactiv G engine that I've got here, the four-cylinder engine, very willing, very torquey, um, 50 miles to the gallon uh, in terms of what we've done running around in the last week or so. I dare say if I'd taken it on a longer run, it would have been better than that. It, it's not a screamer. It, it's not something that's necessarily going to win away from the traffic like Grand Prix. But this is not that style of car. 
This is a car that you make progress in, relatively stately, going back to this feeling like a bigger car thing that I was talking about earlier on. If I need to pick a few faults, and I really should, even though I sit quite far forward, I find the gear lever in first, third and fifth a tiny bit far away from me. Uh, it's not a stretch, but for people who maybe sit further back, it might be, or maybe I've got short arms, I don't know. Um, however, the changes to the steering wheel adjustment, there's more of it, means that I have my steering wheel where I want. And these fabric seats, by the way, sporty seats, sporty seats, and you can tip, tilt the front up um, manually, drop the seat on the floor, you know I like to sit pretty close to the floor. Absolutely wondrous chairs, heated seat option on this sport looks as well. So Mazda have seemingly achieved the impossible with this car. They have taken and elevated a Japanese family hatchback into the area of a premium brand. They have managed to hold on to the styling and the evolution of the Mazda 3 from the third generation to this fourth generation, but they've made it lower, longer, wider, and found more space inside because the other part of the space race inside of this car is how the door panels are sculpted i don't feel too close to the door with my shoulder on that side on the passenger side when i've had anyone in the passenger seat i don't feel anywhere near the passenger either it has a it has a a real characteristic of space inside this car and that sloping front windscreen with the HUD, which the head of display on there, gives you a feeling of being in a, a really much larger car. Now, it doesn't drive like a larger car. It doesn't roll around. It's direct. It's very Mazda, of course. You'd expect that. The pedals, well, of course, they're perfectly set for healing and towing, and there's a good left foot rest next to the clutch as well. So, overall, a pretty good package. No, better than that. A very good package indeed. And there will be people in Munich, in Ingolstadt and in Wolfsburg who will be looking at this car and realising that they're going to have to pull their socks up. If you've never looked at a Mazda before, then you should. If you're a Mazda fan already, I think you'll love this. I think this takes the Mazda brand into a new area, particularly with the interior and the quality of the materials in here. And, you know, the other thing, if I finish off back outside again as the rain's starting to fall. And the alarm's going off again. Um, it looks a bit different, doesn't it? It's distinctively a Mazda. So in the car park, whether it's at your local supermarket or in the company car park, it is going to look a bit different. It's got motorsport heritage now as well with the new TCR. The Skyactive X engine, which is en route, and we'll have a, another report on that engine soon. Well, I can't believe that it's 15 to 20% more efficient, more powerful, and uh, more torquey than this Skyactive G. The Skyactive X uh, is the compression ignition petrol engine that the clever engineers at Mazda have, have come along with. And this engine's good, it's economic. It pulls very, very well. And the new Skyactive X in this chassis is going to be amazing. Can't wait to try it. It's very Mazda.
very Mazda indeed. The 2019 BP, fourth iteration, fourth generation, of the Mazda 3. I think you should give it a go. Certainly it's, it's worth a drive. It will really surprise you in a number of different ways. The driving in the interior with the engine stand out. Styling, different, distinctive, sporty, and the package, very good indeed. Another real world road test. Check out more at RadioLeMond.com.